0: Eighteen.
1: Hey, 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 coming to you again straight from Allergy Land. It's me, it's Cory. Oh, boy, another podcast. Welcome. My name is Corey, like I just said, (laughs) and uh, I'm on my feet, I'm standing up. Usually I sit down to record the podcast because sitting down is so comfortable. However, uh, when I sit down, I get all stuffy, and I was talking about this before, so now I'm on my feet, I'm moving around, Uh, I have a cup of coffee in my hand, I'm probably going to spill it all over everything. I'm standing kind of above the computer here, and uh, I don't know, We'll, we'll see how this goes, But uh, I appreciate that you are listening to me again this week. Of course, this is Midnight Cory, the official podcast of the Italian zombie movie, parts one and two and upcoming part three. And you got to go check that out. There are links up on MidnightCory.com where you can uh, find out more about that. Uh, uh, TheItalianZombieMovie.com is the website. Uh, Of course, MidnightCory.com is my home on the internet where I post all sorts of stuff A lot of times. Lately, I haven't been posting much. Except the podcast. But, uh, you know, what can you do? I'm a busy fella. Busy fella. Uh, Especially, oh boy, how about this? Uh, Horror Realm is this weekend. I'm going down to Pittsburgh, and uh, for the second year in a row, I'll be going to the Horror Realm convention, where there's going to be all kinds of stuff going on. Um, Let me get down through uh, the the people that I'm going to be meeting down there, hopefully. Of course, the big one is Frank Hennenlotter. He directed the Basket Case movies, Brain Damage, Bad Biology, Frankenhooker, Son of Psycho. So yeah, yeah, get to talk to him. And uh, also a couple of the people that starred in the film, which are uh, Kevin Van Hentenrick and Beverly Bonner. So yeah, yeah, very cool. I'm also really excited on Saturday, uh, Bill Cardill is going to be down there. Of course, uh, Chili Billy, the uh, news reporter from the original night of living dead he is a huge name in pittsburgh uh you you hear about him all the time and so uh he's gonna be there saturday afternoon so i'll finally finally get to meet him he's legendary and uh he's from kind of my area so again really really cool again ken foray is gonna be down there ken you know i've talked to him a bunch of times uh He comes around an awful lot. He was here in Erie last year, uh, and of course he's in Pittsburgh all the time, and uh, he's still making movies and still doing a lot of stuff. Very, very cool, so I'll get to say hello to him again. Uh, Also there is going to be John Amplis from uh, Martin, and uh, yeah, I I love the movie Martin. It's a a George Romero film. Uh, I reviewed it on that other podcast a while back. But uh, yeah, that'll be uh, really interesting to meet him. And oh, by the way, Kevin Van Hentenrick and Beverly Bonner are going to be apparently providing some entertainment on Friday night, Uh, which is going to be cool. Apparently Kevin is going to be doing some music. Beverly is a stand-up comedian also, so she's going to be doing a comedy act. And um, it's really cool because I'm going to be at Horror Realm two days this year, which is twice as long than I was there last year. Um, but I'll be going down on Friday and then I'll be actually spending the night Friday night and then being there all day on Saturday and uh, leaving to go back home in the evening time. I have some family things to do the rest of the weekend and I'm watching the Steelers play on Sunday. So to be honest, if I have the choice between going to a horror convention and watching the Steelers play football, I'll I'll definitely take the Steelers in a friggin' heartbeat. <laughs> so, <laughs> plus I'm already at the convention all weekend, so you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who else? There are going to be a ton of people from Night of Living Dead down there. Uh, Gary Striner, who, you know, good, good friend of mine and a fantastic guy. Uh, we're going to have John Russo, Russ Striner, um, Kyra Schoen, Bill Heinzman, Charles Craig, George Kasana, uh, Dave James, uh, Herbert Summer, Joe Unitas, Rick Catazone, Lee Hartman, LMA Smith. A bunch of people from Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Sharon Sakati who is a fantastic lady, uh, talked to her several times also, and she is just a wonderful, wonderful human being. Uh, We're also going to have Leonard Lies, the helicopter zombie, uh, Joe Shelby, that friggin' idiot retard Nick Tallow, who I met at Horror Realm last year and I thought was cool, and then he came onto my blog and started cussing me out because I accidentally switched a couple names. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Nick friggin' tallow, love him. Uh, yeah, um, David Crawford, who, who uh, plays the uh, the one guy on the TV show in Dawn of the Dead, who says one of my favorite lines of all time, um, Frank Sorrell, who is a fantastic guy, yeah, all, all kinds of people, um, a bunch of uh, writers, you know, I'm going to be able to talk to uh, Jonathan Mayberry and David Dunwoody, Rhiannon Frater, Rob Best, Laura Best. Uh, Zombie Zack, um, yeah, let's see, a whole bunch of people, James Melzer, Jake Bible, I mean, the, the list goes on, so there are gonna be a lot of people, Kim Paffenroth, uh, D.L. Snell, Joel Robinson, who is a fantastic artist, and I'm looking right now at his, uh, Friday the 13th poster that he made, with all the, the, the 12 Jasons on them, oh yeah, yeah, so, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit, because you can get on the Horror Realm website and look at this, and I'm just... <laughs> basically reading it to you, but I can't wait. Oh, there's going to be carnage. There's going to be stuff going down. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, nerd heaven. <laughs> no. no, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, I'm not going to be doing, a, I don't think I'm going to be doing a lot of interviews. Maybe I will. I don't know. You know, it, it's, uh, I've talked to a lot of these people before, but uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take stuff down. I thought about taking my new fancy schmancy uh, video camera down. And doing stuff like that, but uh, I don't know if I want to get into all that, because that's just more stuff i got to keep track of, and then I won't be able to just hang out and enjoy myself, and, you know, because that was one of the coolest things about going down to Cinema Wasteland here uh, several months ago, back in the spring. Because I wasn't podcasting at that point, so really, you know, I didn't take anything down with me to do interviews or anything. I was just down there to hang out, to talk with people, to meet people. And it's not like I was like, oh, okay, I have to, you know, try and get these interviews for my podcast and do this and do that. It was just nice to be down there and just be a fan, you know, and not have to worry about, oh, I should probably, you know, get a, get a little blurb, you know, for the show or whatever. It was nice not to have to do that. So, I don't know. I am going to take some some audio stuff down to record, but uh, eh, who knows if I'm actually going to you know do much with that. That's not going to be my point of going down because there are a lot of fantastic people that are going to be there that I'm going to want to just hang out with. So, all right, that'll be next week when I tell you about all the stuff that went down at Horror Realm. So what I got for you this week... We're talking about the unofficial sequel to uh, I Walked With a Zombie from 1943, but this is also by the same studio, it's by RKO, and it's called Zombies on Broadway. Not a whole lot of people have seen this, not a whole lot of people even know about it, but it is definitely uh, interesting. So, yeah, (laughs) I'll be talking about that a little bit later on. And also, something I think I'm going to start doing is getting on Netflix and uh, uh, watching one of the tons of horror movies that they have. Uh, They've just recently added a bunch of uh, more obscure and B-horror movies and things like that. Uh, The Netflix selection is kind of weird, but you can find some really great things on there. So I think every week I'm going to watch something on there and then uh, give you my recommendation of it. Because uh, I know a lot of you out there have Netflix... If you don't subscribe to Netflix, you really should. I mean, it's definitely worth it. You can watch it on your computer. You can watch it on your Xbox, your PlayStation, or your Wii. Um, You can still get DVDs in the mail and everything, which I'm doing less of nowadays because of the whole instant thing. But um, they really have a lot to offer on there. So I'm going to give you this week's Netflix Instant Watch recommendation. But let me just say this. I in no way... Endorse Netflix, the company, at all. I am just a paying subscriber. Um, so, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to get them more subscribers or anything. I think it's just a fantastic service that's out there right now. And I use it, so I'm going to talk about it on the show, I guess. No uh, review of beers this week. However, uh, I went back to an old favorite, uh, an old seasonal. I love. You know, when the fall's coming in, when we get all these harvest beers and and the seasonal beers, and I love this time of year. And so I was at the supermarket and I found, or I noticed once again, uh, Pumpkin Ale, which is a southern tier brew. Uh, I reviewed it last year when I had it in the uh, last fall. And uh, this is a pumpkin beer and I love it. I, I really, really like pumpkin. Um, you know, it comes in a 22 ounce, which is just about right. You know, you don't want to drink a ton of it because there's a lot of flavor there. It's like drinking alcoholic pumpkin pie, I think is how I described it last year. And that's exactly what it is. It's a great beer to have. Um, 9% alcohol by volume, so, you know, a little kick to it. So, yeah, yeah. Pumpkin Ale, Southern Tier Brewery, fantastic beer. Um, so, uh, moving right along, voicemails I'm going to play for you. I got original music. <sighs> Oh boy, and this one's a doozy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But there are some interesting zombie things that I found out this week. And, you know, I'm I'm getting more and more zombie news. And am I turning into a zombie podcast? I don't know. (sighs) I don't know that I want a zombie podcast again. Uh, But uh, anyhow, I gotta talk about zombie stuff because it's just fascinating to me. Um, I found an article about a new book coming out from Quirk Books. And if you remember Quirk Books... They are the publisher that put out Pride and Prejudice and Zombies by Seth Graham Smith, which is a fantastic book. And Mr. Smith is a fantastic human being. I got to talk to him. But uh, Quirk Books is now putting out a book entitled Night of the Living Trekkies, written by Kevin David Anderson and Sam Stahl. And it's all about a group of Trekkies at a Star Trek convention when the whole zombie attack happens. So... I'm reading about this one. At first, I'm, I'm just like, eh, I don't care that much. You know, I, I couldn't care less about Star Trek. Like, I really couldn't. I don't care about it at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and we are getting zombie books left and right, especially ones that are in the vein of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, you know. But then I kept reading about this, and I found out that Quirk Books has actually produced a video trailer for the book, and it is awesome. You gotta go watch this. (laughs) I'll tell you what, you know, the the article I was reading said, you know, based on how great this trailer is, they would be really surprised if someone doesn't make a movie out of this book. So I've just become a whole lot more interested in the book because the trailer is so great. So I'm going to put up a link and I might embed that video in uh, the show notes at midnightcory.com so you can go watch it there. But, uh, yeah, the trailer for this book (laughs) absolutely rocks, and despite the fact that it's like a Star Trek thing, and again, I've rarely even watched Star Trek at all in any of its incarnations throughout the years, but uh, I'm, I'm all of a sudden really interested in this.
2: Scientifically, it is inevitable. Reports
3: of riots and
2: chaos downtown. Mathematically, it is
1: logical.
4: This is not a hoax. There are reports of some sort of outbreak. It is a
2: terrifying, yet unavoidable reality.
1: The origin of this crisis at the Botany Bay Convention Center God help anyone alive down there.
2: But for some... ...reality... ...has never been an issue.
3: Dude, the costume sucks.
2: Like a tablecloth. They're like, hey, what are you doing?
4: does know he's not a real Klingon, right? Mm-hmm. Get off! Get, Get hey, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Simulate this.
4: The needs of the many outweigh the good of the few. <coughs> oh, oh, we're doomed!
3: Trap, it's hopeless! Are you saying this is a no-win scenario? Exactly! Oh.
2: <sighs> Live
4: long and prosper.
1: behind me, aren't they?
4: I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. Oh yeah, a red church eyes. Big effing surprise.
1: And speaking of these zombie mashup things, whatever you want to call them, uh, I hate the word mashup by the way. I, I I try not to use it, but that's all I can use really to describe what's going on here. You know, we have zombies and Star Trek, and now there's going to be a movie called Boy Scouts vs. Zombies. It's another one in the the long line of, you know, some group pitted against the zombies. You know, we've seen we've seen all all groups pitted against zombies, you know. We got cheerleaders, we got retards, ninjas, nerds, aristocrats, Yeah, the list goes on and on. I could just keep going. But, uh, so not much is known about this, except the director is Andy Flickman. So he's set to make this one, uh, but that's really all we know about it. So I'll give you the link where I found that all out, and, uh, you know, I'll I'll try and keep up with what's going on with Boy Scouts versus Zombies. It sounds like it has potential, but I don't know. And right now, we all know that Resident Evil Afterlife is, in fact, in theaters. Um, and, uh, it is getting mixed reviews, but, um, I just read this article and it was very interesting to me where Mila Jovovich or Mia Jovovich or however you pronounce her name, I don't really care. I've been calling her Mila Jovovich because that's how it looks to me. <laughs> I'm a very phonetic person, but, um, anyhow, she was in this interview, uh, here real recently, And uh, she claims that this is the first Resident Evil movie to open at number one, which it could very well be. It's probably, that's probably right. And uh, that because of that, that uh, they're going to definitely make another. So we're going to get Resident Evil 5. And uh, probably going to be Paul W.S. Anderson and uh, Mila Jovovich. So there you go. Wow, interesting. Haven't seen it yet, so I have no idea. Uh, I've seen a lot of reviews about it. And again, they've been mixed. So if you've seen Resident Evil afterlife uh, let me know call the voicemail or send me an email or get on the website just leave a comment somewhere but uh, yeah let me know what you thought of it Zombie. Zombie.
4: Zombie. 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 Zombie.
0: Hey, Corey. Hey, it's Misfit Boy here. Uh, I know it's been a while since I've called, but unfortunately, I've been under the same predicament that you've been in. My allergies have been killing me and had asthma on top of that. So, you know, more fun than an open casket funeral, right? Anyway, to try and catch up with you, I'm loving the new music, man. Especially last week's episode that you had with uh, the song Flying. Really good. Cool. Anyway, I just finished J.O. Bourne's new book, Day by Day Armageddon, Beyond Exile, and i got to tell you, it's phenomenal. It picks up right where it leaves off, and I'm not going to give anything away, no spoilers here, nothing like that, because everyone really needs to go out and read this. If you haven't read the first one, go check it out, and then check out the second one, because I don't think you'll be disappointed. Second of all, I'm really looking forward to, Hanging out at Sign with you once again. And I got a little bit of info for you. Um, Herschel Ward Lewis and Lloyd Kaufman are not charging for autographs. If you bring your DVDs, pictures, posters, whatever, anything, you will sign them for free. That's right, everybody's favorite four-letter word, starting with an F. No, not that one, you sick bastards. The other one, free. Interesting story about Lloyd Kaufman. I met him at Cinema Wasteland. I think it was maybe two years ago. Uh, Met him in the bathroom. Nothing like that. Once again, you sick bastards. We were both washing our hands, and I just happened to glance over, and I was like, holy shit, it's Lloyd Kaufman. And I talked to him for about five minutes, and he talked to me all the way back to the floor where he was selling his movies and everything, and he is just a really cool guy. So if you haven't had a chance to meet him, you're in for a treat. Really good guy. I'm personally really looking forward to just hanging out with you, Tom Burdinsky, and the new ones that we're going to have this year, Mr. Root Rot and Big Ugly Harry Scary. Sounds like it's going to be a ball, man. I can't wait. Hard to believe, man, that April has come and gone since the last time we hooked up, and now this time, we're all going to be hanging out on the October show. So, should be good times, man. Hopefully, I can hang out a little longer this time. Anyway, I hope you're really feeling better, dude. I just wanted to call and check in and said, hey, you know, I haven't forgotten you. I'm still hanging around. I ain't going nowhere. I'm like that Damn aids virus or whatever the hell it is i don't go away all right hope you're feeling better buddy i'll be talking to you soon all right miss boy here i'm out
1: miss boy great to hear from you man wow and yeah i can't wait to hook up with you at uh, cinema wasteland again with all kinds of great great people yeah it, it's gonna be great and thank you for the kind words about my music um, and, uh, I cannot wait to read, uh, the second Day by Day Armageddon book. Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten around to it yet, and I'm pretty sure, it's unfortunate, J.L. Bourne isn't going to be at Horror Realm this year. I, I kind of wish that, uh, he would be, because he's a, a great, great guy, but, uh, he, I understand he's very busy, too, being all active military and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's going to be wonderful, um... And that that's awesome about H.G. Uh, Lewis and, uh, and Lloyd Kaufman, that you were saying, you know, they'll sign your stuff for free. Because I was just on Twitter this week, and I think, I think uh, you saw this, just about how ridiculous it is, you know, the whole autograph thing with uh, celebrities and things and guests at these conventions. You know, it's, uh, it's really ridiculous. I was looking at, the uh, like, a disclaimer or whatever on the Horror Realm website, and it said something about guests may charge a nominal fee. For their autograph. So bring bring a few bucks. And it's like nominal fee? What are you talking about? The cheapest autograph that you'll get down there. Is 15 bucks. By some of the more obscure guys. From like Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead. But uh, man. Otherwise you know. Ken Foray 20 bucks a pop. You know. I, you know uh Van Hentenrick. All those guys. Are going to be 20 bucks at least. I guarantee you. So uh, I, I, that is a little more than nominal. <laughs> Come on, let's just call it what it is. I I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that is really cool. You know, Lloyd Kaufman really represents everything that is right about uh, filmmaking. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised at all about that. And he is a very, very cool guy. And I can't wait to meet him. I've never met him. Uh, But uh, at Cinema Wasteland here in the fall, in in October, uh, I will be able to meet them. So that's going to be really, really exciting. So, dude, uh, I hope you're feeling better also. You sound like you're doing better. I am doing slightly better, but, you know, I'm still not going to be all the way back to health until, like, the first frost, which is how it is. That's how it was last year, and uh, that's probably how it is going to be again this year. I just hope it doesn't ruin horror realm for me. But uh, I don't know. What can you do? Miss Boy, again, you're the man. You know that.
3: I will tell you all about a girl who I met. She will make a girl love and She will make you a bad. She will tell you when you choose, you're going to lose. You will never know how. You will look like a fool. She will make you want to show her how you play the game. Only you know if you do everything about shame, remember my name. Forget about the game. I will not be split up. I believe she likes the book. If I ever find out, if you get one over. Do, I will be the bring her never tell you, you will never know how sure the story goes, you can get a know on the wonderful show, she's a rather dick so she's not only she'll prove to you she'll be sweet tender me and a real mother papa, a two big sucker that to give life if I knew a bitch it would be nice. Like she to no matter how much she will suck
1: I actually watched several movies on Netflix Instant Watch this week. For some reason, I just got I just got the bug, and I had to watch Netflix. <laughs> so, um, no, actually, I read an article somewhere about all of the movies that they just added to their list that you can stream now and uh, I, I needed to check a lot of them out because a lot of them were obscure or a lot of them were were films that I've been meaning to see for a long time but I just I could never find it or I, I just never never watched it so watched a bunch but the one I'm going to recommend to you this week is a very obscure movie from 1991 simply titled Mom Clay
2: Dwyer has a problem his mother. Emily had always been the perfect mother. Pot roost on a Dwyer. With a loving family.
4: Oh, you can have a baby.
2: But lately, Hi. she just hasn't been herself. It's your favorite? Her appetite isn't what it used to be.
4: I'm gonna be sick.
2: She disappears, and Clay finds her in the strangest places. With the oddest assortment of people. What do you want? My mother. What do you do when the sweetest lady in the world turns mean? Ah!
4: Let me out of here! Be quiet, waking up the neighbors. Ah!
2: My mother's upstairs.
5: That was your mother?
2: When do you say. Enough is enough. You can hide her away from the world, but you'll have a hard time keeping this mother down. What are we gonna do about?
4: Huh? Oh buddy, stop it you're acting crazy. I'm acting crazy. you just freaking killed somebody. They never talk to me like that. I'm still your mother.
1: <laughs> so I saw this on the Netflix instant queue. Uh, I read about it and piqued my interest and it especially piqued my interest because... People were calling this a zombie movie. So, of course, I'm like, well, I got to watch this. (laughs) Got to. So, here's what we're dealing with with the movie Mom. um, We have this demonic man. This uh, stranger in dark, okay? And uh, he's wandering around this town. He's killing and devouring people that he encounters. And uh, for some reason, he shows up at this old lady's house, who is the mom... And uh, he rents a room from her. And uh, throughout a series of events here, he ends up biting her. Well, this bite turns her into the same kind of thing that he is. So every once in a while, she gets this urge to go eat some human flesh. So they go out at night together, and uh, they go around and kill homeless people, and they eat them. (laughs) And... uh, Uh, Her son finds out about this, and she's still trying to maintain some sort of normality to her life. She's trying to repress the urge to eat people, and she's not always in that condition. But as time goes on, it becomes harder and harder for her to kind of push these these feelings, these urges down. Like, she's just gotta eat people, and, and she's slowly losing control. So that's what this movie is. Go watch it. It's fantastic, actually. But I think the most important thing here to realize is that this is not a zombie movie. I mean, how can people possibly call this a zombie movie? If anything, it's it's like a demons movie, like, you know, Dario Argento's demons. That's what this mostly resembles. But uh, I don't get it. I mean, people are very, very, very confused about what zombies are, Um, you know, apparently. As soon as one person bites another person in a film, that film automatically becomes a zombie movie. Automatically, right there. Oh, the person bit another person, that that's a zombie. How stupid, how stupid. So yeah, not a zombie movie. A good horror movie, lots of fun, very bloody, very violent, not over the top violent, not buckets of gore or anything, but a fun movie. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, even though it was made in 1991, It's really got the whole 80s B-horror written all over it. So that's my Netflix Instant Watch recommendation this week. Mom, from 1991, you gotta look this up and watch it. Uh, On the Midnight Cory scale of rating things, I'm gonna give this eight out of 10.
2: Those voodoo drums, that's a death feature here. We'll have to hurry. Wait, how do we know a zombie if we see one? If you see a corpse walking around,
5: that's a zombie. Hey, Corey. Well, four things, actually. One, you're awesome. Uh, two, I, uh, of course, I just listened to your last podcast, and you mentioned how, you know, zombies are becoming more and more popular. And it's true. They are. They're, uh, you know, it is a good thing, because we're getting more and more zombie stuff. You know, it's the, it's the... It's the feast. Maybe it's the feast before the fast. I don't know. But uh, we're getting uh, lots of zombie stuff. And so what if it's uh, getting trendy to like zombies, you know? I like zombies for the reasons I like zombies. I don't like zombies because everybody else likes zombies. And, you know, that's, that's how it is. So I don't really care. I know you don't care what people think. So why would you care if they're popular or not, you know? You, you don't like them because it's trendy. You don't like them because it's what people think. And I, you know, I'm the same way there, you know. I I don't care what people think. I, I do in a way, but that's not why I like zombies. So there you go. Um, other thing I wanted to mention is The Walking Dead. I'm super excited for this. And I know there's videos and stupid stuff everywhere. But when there's something, a movie or show or something that I really want to see, I avoid reading anything about it, watching trailers, um, uh, looking at pictures, I avoid information on it like it's the zombie plague. The Walking Dead, I just watched the trailer today because I I couldn't contain myself anymore. So I finally watched the trailer, and yes, it looks great, but I watched it once. I'm not going to watch it again and analyze it. I'm not going to watch any of the other videos, and anybody talks about it on podcasts, I usually just turn it down. And uh, articles, I just don't read. You know, I, uh, I I avoid it like it's the plague because I will get sick of it before it's even out. And I think that's kind of a problem with uh, that they're heading for right now is that people aren't going to really care about it um, when it finally comes out. I still haven't read the comic, however. I uh, my wife just got me a copy of the compendium, so uh, and. Sorry, I'm driving, and the sun is blaring in my eyes there. So I'm looking forward to reading that, and uh, I'll be able to read that before it starts on uh, AMC, so that'll be fun. Um, There was something else. Zombieland 3D, huh? I liked Zombieland, and every time I watch it, I like it more and more. I'm not ashamed to admit I like Zombieland. Um, I know the sequel is... I don't know anything about it. I don't know if they have a script, if they have a plot or anything yet. But one of the things I, I, I worried about with the sequel is that they're going to try and do more prequel stuff. You know, more of the outbreak. And that's one of the things I like about Zombieland is that it's post-apocalyptic. And i you know, apocalyptic could be fine, but I have a bad feeling that if they threw in prequel stuff, they might try and Explain the opening credits of the of the movie of uh, Zombieland, the first one. You know that guy in a tux shooting at the zombies, shooting a machine gun, um, the stripper and coming out of the nightclub or the strip joint. Yeah, I'm afraid, really afraid that they're going to try to explain that stuff, and and they could just they could just ruin it there. I think they just need to leave that be.
1: I said, I don't know,
5: I don't know if they have a plot or anything. I, Again, one of those things that I'm pretty much avoiding. If I know they're going to do it, cool. That's about as far as I want to know. So, hey, Uh, that's about all I wanted to say, man. Uh, You are awesome, and your show is awesome, and keep being awesome. So stay awesome and stuff.
1: (laughs) Bye. Spooky Bill, I just got to send all those awesomes back to you because you are are an incredibly awesome guy, and uh, you've stuck with me through thick and thin you know the whole podcasting stuff going on you've been there and i appreciate it uh you you are a fantastic fantastic person and i have a question for you my friend when are you getting your ass to one of these uh conventions you know uh you know you're a michigan fella uh you know you could get down to cinema wasteland or you know come down to pa sometime it's nice country down here uh i don't know but uh hopefully hopefully sometime we can and we can hang out and uh Talk about the ridiculousness that is podcasting and zombies and everything like that. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, you're right. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm, I'm cynical about things uh, sometimes, <laughs> to say the least. And, uh, you know, when I see the, just the mainstream just devouring zombies here, uh, you know, I, I get a little turned off by it. Um, and I guess that's my whole thing where I I like more obscure stuff. I like indie things. I like things that not everybody in the world all knows about and is into, you know. I I just kind of get a kick out of it like that. And when I see everyone and their grandma just talking about zombies, it's, you know, it's kind of a turnoff for me, like I said. But you are right, you know, we're getting a lot more zombie stuff. And maybe some of the fantastic zombie things that we've seen out there would not have ever come into fruition if, uh, you know, the whole zombie craze hadn't hit, so I don't know, I don't know, but you got, you got a good point there. Um, Walking Dead, that that is great, uh, I, I've only watched the trailer as the bootleg from uh, Comic-Con, and uh, that's all I'm, I'm gonna do. If I see a headline about it, I skip it, if I see any pictures or stuff, then I, I skip all those, so yeah, I'm the same as you, I don't want to ruin it beforehand. And, yeah, as far as Zombieland goes, oh, Zombieland, the first, the, the intro to that movie is so good. But uh, the rest of it was just a big letdown for me other than the Bill Murray stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't know. That's another one that's on uh, instant watch right now. So I'm going to give it another shot here eventually. But it's not high up on my priority list. And when they're making part two and 3D and, uh, you know, jumping on that whole bandwagon, uh, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. But Spooky Bill, again, you're much more awesome than I am. And uh, I appreciate you listening, brother.
2: Oh, what is wrong? What is wrong? How can the natives do with their silly voodoo what I cannot accomplish by scientific means? Perhaps because a zombie is something of the devil, not of science Doc. Nonsense! Nonsense! You've seen what I've been able to do. You've seen me create a zombie. If only I could keep them state if only they didn't die return to
1: normal in a short period zombies on broadway you know uh, thanks to some of the zombie books that i have here about zombie film and and zombie movies and history and stuff like that Uh, thanks to them i even know about the existence of this at all because i've never heard of it uh, before you know i've been doing all my kind of research here but uh this is the unofficial sequel to i walked with a zombie Of course, we talked about that one last week, and I love I Walked With a Zombie. It's uh, fantastic. I got to watch it again. And based on the title of this, Zombies on Broadway, you know, I really expected something much different than what it really was. Um, I expected maybe a musical or something like that, dancing zombies and, and gay people and, you know, all that kind of thing. And thank God that wasn't the case, but it, it, it was—it uh, it wasn't fantastic though either. Um, but I'm just thankful it wasn't like a, a Broadway zombie thing. Now the biggest thing that kind of attracted me to this was again, Bella Lugosi. <laughs> um, he doesn't start. He doesn't have the biggest role in this. Actually, that goes to uh, kind of the comedy duo here. But uh, Lugosi plays the scientist on the island, and he's the spooky guy, and he's making the zombies. So, again, I, I, I do like Lugosi, but um, you know this is, again, during his, his kind of downslide, and it, it is what it is. It's not his greatest film by, <laughs> by any means. <laughs> um, here's what goes on. We got an ex-gangster uh, somewhere, I think they're in New York, and he opens up this brand new trendy club called the Zombie Hut. And he hires a couple publicity agents to really hype the place. So the first thing they do is they go up in an airplane and they have them just dump all these flyers on the town. And uh, about, you know, come to the zombie hut, see a real live zombie, and things like that. Which is hilarious that, uh, you know, do, do people still do that? I'm wondering. I think there's probably some kind of law about, you know, dumping paper from an airplane, even if it is, you know, for advertisement. <laughs> um, you know, it, it kind of, I, I if they don't do that anymore then uh, I could see that, you know, places have maybe graduated to higher technological things, kind of like AOL sending out all those wasteful, wasteful CDs. You know, how many millions of those things did they ship out that are sitting in landfills now? I mean, seriously. And uh, we get stuff sent to us all the time. that's just junk, 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 and we throw it all away. So maybe that's what it is now. They're doing it through the mail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, So these agents now are d- given the challenge of producing a real-life zombie for the zombie hut because that's what they're promising. Although they're not quite sure how to get a zombie and there's some question, they're like, oh, what really is a zombie? So these guys, they gotta produce a zombie. So eventually these publicity agents, as they're scrambling around to figure out what to do, they find out about San Sebastian. We've heard that one before. It's an island Uh, where supposedly zombies live, and that was the name of the island, and I walked with a zombie. Apparently, there's some doctor who lives on this island who studies zombies and zombification, and he's done a lot of research about it, so they figure that that's uh, their only chance, but uh, at the last minute, they don't want to go. They're going to skip town because they're kind of weird about working for this gangster, and they're kind of afraid of him, but he catches up with them, and he's like, you're going to that island, so he puts them on a boat, Uh, They unwillingly get down to San Sebastian. Uh, They run into a bunch of people down there. Um, They meet up with this doctor, who, again, is Bela Lugosi. And he's experimenting. He's trying to use scientific means to make zombies. He he knows that uh, there's a lot of voodoo going on on the island, and that voodoo makes zombies. So he's convinced that he can do the same thing using science and not superstition. But the problem is, when he makes zombies... Uh, with whatever he's doing, uh, they don't stay that way for very long. They snap out of it after a while, or I think they die in some cases. So that's the basis of it through a series of wacky shenanigans here. Um, One of the publicity agents that's down there is zombified. They all get back on the boat to leave for the States, because now this guy's a zombie, so they have their thing for the zombie hut. Um, they make it to the zombie hut just in time to deliver their real live zombie before the audience. It's like, we want a zombie, we want a zombie. And unfortunately, though, he snaps out of the whole zombie thing before he goes on. And so they got to figure out what they're going to do. And the whole thing's crazy. And that's the basis of the film. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't that great. It was another, like, comedy zombie movie that uh, was just a, a mainstream kind of cash-in thing. I saw they were trying to play, again, off of the popularity of The Ghost Breakers, which was really the first zombie comedy. And that was that was a mainstream thing. And again, it was RKO uh, making an unofficial sequel to I Walked With a Zombie to cash in on that, because that was very successful. And uh, they went the comedy route here, which is unfortunate, you know. And it, it really... Uh, it's... I'm sad to put it up against I Walked With a Zombie because it's it's nothing near what I Walked With a Zombie is. You know, we have some of the same things. I mean, they they tried to connect it, at least somewhat, uh, using the island of San Sebastian again. Um, if you remember, if you've seen I Walked With a Zombie, there's a Calypso song in the middle of that movie and it kind of tells the weird story of the wife being kept in the tower and the, the family drama going on there. And as soon as our comedy duo here in Zombies on Broadway get off the boat in San Sebastian, there's a guy, again, and I don't know if he's the same guy, but he's singing the same kind of Calypso tune, the same melody, but he's using different words to tell them about, you know, them coming to the island and this, this scientist and everything. So, you know, they, they kind of use that also. And one of the most standout things that they brought over from I Walked With a Zombie is, is the big, tall, bug-eyed zombie, who is, again, the really the iconic picture from I Walked with a Zombie. Same guy played it, Darby Jones, but um, the makeup is slightly different on his eyes. I mean, to me, I almost kind of laughed when I saw him. He looks kind of more retarded than menacing, and that might have to do with the lighting, and, I don't know, his eyes were just a little bit different. Um, almost cheaper looking than before. I don't know. I don't know. But it didn't work for me. Um, although he is a cool zombie, you know, and he does pretty much the same thing that he did. And I walked with a zombie. He just kind of walks around and obeys the master and does whatever. But to be honest with you, uh, this movie reminded me a lot more of a Bugs Bunny cartoon than a zombie movie. Um, actually, this is what would happen if Bugs Bunny went to the Caribbean looking for zombies or just went to the Caribbean and he encountered zombies. I mean, this would be perfect for Bugs Bunny. And that's because so many of the things, the comedy they use is very cartoonish, uh, a lot of slapstick. Um, And really, it's RKO's cheap imitation of Abbott and Costello. You know, we have Alan Carney and Wally Brown, who are the two guys who are obviously trying to do the Abbott and Costello roles here. And uh, they're nowhere near as good as Abbott and Costello were, and uh, yeah, yeah, it shows. So really, the only positive things about Zombies on Broadway that I found is, of course, Bela Lugosi, because I like that guy, and uh, the the Caribbean, the atmosphere. They took the zombie thing and they kept it in the Caribbean, which you, you have that element of mystique, you know, it's exotic. We got the voodoo, and I, I really, really like that. We have some good atmosphere sometimes, but really, they're trying to draw in a lot of comedy here, and it's just kind of weird. So, I, I I don't know. It, it was okay. It, it was all right. Um, you know, a thing is that all of the movies that I'm watching from this era, the 30s, the 40s, going into the 50s now, um, they're timing out right around an hour which uh, is really, really good. And I'm actually beginning to prefer an hour-long movie as opposed to an hour and a half or longer because I think the movies that I've been talking about here, including this one and I Walked with a Zombie and the ones before it, probably would have been a lot worse if they would have tried to fit in another half an hour. And maybe that's why I don't really like a lot of modern movies because so many times they feel... Like, they have to fit that 90-minute mold, even if the film works really well as uh, an hour long or, or shorter. But uh, the reason that the vast majority of films are made to be 90 minutes is because that that's just kind of the industry standard. That's what moviegoers have come to expect. That's what the film producers have come to uh, accept as the most uh, crowd-pleasing, I guess. And people just expect it. Like I said... Unfortunately now a lot of movies feel like they have to be 90 minutes or they have to be even longer than that uh, in order to be considered you know a real movie but unfortunately it just hurts them in the long run because it's padded it's drawn out a lot of stuff in there that doesn't need to be in there and uh, you know I think the rule applies it's the same rule as when you're writing as to, uh, I think, movie-making. And that is, uh, most of the time, less is more. You know, the less that you put in there, the more that the reader, or the viewer in this case, has to kind of fill in with their own imagination. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big proponent for that. So, so yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm really liking the hour-long thing. I don't have to commit to a whole lot of time to be watching these movies, which is great for me. But, uh, unfortunately, yeah, Zombies on Broadway is not fantastic especially like I said when you compare it to I Walked with a Zombie there's just no comparison so I'm gonna give it a flat 5 out of 10 um it's okay uh but uh not great at all you see we're scientists and we're entering a new field of research and we thought maybe you
2: could help us what field is it gentlemen um zombies zombies Uh uh-huh zombies but do you know what zombies are Oh, I don't. I'm not too sure. Me neither. They are the living dead. Oh, me, oh, my. Well, come back here.
3: Then please, don't say that living dead stuff, boss. I'm one of the living, living. But you gives me the feeling if I stays around here, I'm gonna be one of the dead, dead.
0: Yeah, I'm getting out of here too.
2: Midnight Cory, it's a knife in your eye. Midnight Cory,
0: it's a fistful of glass. Midnight Cory, it will make you regret the day you were born. Midnight Cory, it's a hammer to the face. Midnight Cory, it's the nightmare that never ends. Midnight Cory,
2: it's time to die. Midnight Cory, it's slippery with intestines. Midnight Cory, it's the smell of burning flesh. Join Join us at MidnightCory.com.
1: You know, this is the way I write a lot of original songs. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm doing something completely unrelated. And all of a sudden, I'll get kind of this melody in my head and I'll play the melody over and over again. And and then, uh, you know, words just kind of start to pop into the melody. And then that's when I start writing. I'll get down and start writing the music to it. And I'll be writing the words to it. And uh, the process uh, usually happens very quickly for me. And uh, once I get inspired, the whole thing goes very fast. And that's what happened to me this week. actually I, I wrote and recorded two songs this week. Um, the first one I'm gonna play for you. The second one is actually a cover. Uh, I'll play that for you next week, but uh, Johnny T will will know all about that one. But uh, the one i'm <laughs> I'm playing for you this week, you know if you hate me now you're gonna hate me more. and uh, if you're if you're on the fence about whether or not you you hate me, uh, then uh, you know you're probably gonna hate me. Uh, this will tip you over the fence, potentially. Uh, I don't know. But it's just a song. It's a tune that came to my head. The words just kind of <laughs> kind of came to me. I don't know. I had a, a, a vision. I had a revelation. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to do much more talking about it. Uh, I just want to make the disclaimer here that this is all completely fictional, that uh, a- anything that you hear in the song that uh, has any kind of resemblance to any kind of people or uh, podcasts or situations in real life are purely fictional and uh, coincidental. So yeah, here we go, original music. (laughs)
4: And to be all big and famous How about
1: that? (laughs) Hey, that's all I got for you this week I'm headed off to Horror Realm Well, no, not really Tomorrow I am (laughs) Today I'm just gonna work and stuff I don't know, do what I do But uh, anyhow, thank you for listening. Uh, Go to my website, MidnightCory.com. You can call the voicemail of death and uh, tell me what you're up to. 814-806-2828. Next week, I'm going to give you another Netflix Instant Watch recommendation. One of the other ones that I watched this week. But maybe I'll watch it again because I'm going to recommend it to you to watch. (laughs) And I'm also going to be talking about uh, the first zombie movie actually from the 50s you know we jump clear from 1946 uh up into the 50s because uh well there was one more movie and let me let me look up what this was I don't remember even what it was called now um but I can't find it um Valley of the Zombies and it's apparently horrible uh what I'm reading about it um that was also a 1946 movie Uh, I, you know, it's another one of these obscure ones. I'm going to look for it at Horror Realm this year. Maybe one of the the vendors will have it, but uh, I'm not sure that I'm going to want to spend a lot on it because, uh, what I'm reading about it is horrible. So yeah, maybe I'll skip that one, but there is Valley of the Zombies. Now we are going clear up into the fifties and Scared Stiff is actually blah, blah, blah. What? 1953, I think 1952. I don't know. 1952 1953 scared stiff it's like the first zombie movie you know we're coming out of this era of caribbean voodoo kind of zombie things sort of and now we're going into the 50s we're seeing the atomic age here we're seeing the space age and we see a big switch in the zombie movies now we have basically about six years uh, of a gap where nobody made any zombie movies and now Yeah, we're seeing them again. They're going to resurface next week in the 1950s with Scared Stiff. So that's what I'll be talking about. Maybe some other stuff. We'll see what happens. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
4: President Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev get together for the next time. We'll all hang out, walk down, cross the Albany Street Bridge. Walk into your local neighborhood McDonald's with Mikhail Gorbachev and Ronald Reagan. We'll sit down and place our order. Quarter pounder, no cheese. Hit it, fellas. Quarter pounder, no cheese. No and if all the armies of the world everywhere decide to put down their guns, they're invited over to my house. We'll walk down to McDonald's together, place our orders, one and all. Large fries, small coke, and a quarter pounder, no cheese, four and a half minute, wait, hit it fellas. no 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 cheese. It's harder. It's harder. It's harder. No. Yeah. When I turn twenty one and stop hanging out on the streets and go to the bars before I go out and get drunk at night. I'll stop by my McDonald's and place my order. Quarter pounder. No cheese. Four and a half minute wait.